Welcome to another episode of the Tech.eu podcast. I'm Roxanne Barza, and I'm here with Tech.eu editor Robin Waters. Hi, Robin. Hey, Roxanne, and hello from Dublin, where I'm spending a few days with Europe's biggest and -and up-and-coming software-as-a-service companies uh, at the SASTA conference, so I'm having a good time here. Ah, super. Well, we have a great lineup of topics this week, including Israeli startup R-Crowd, which has secured a $72 million Series C round. We have two Spanish startups that have been acquired. Dutch Takeaway has priced its IPO at over 1 billion euros. Robin also had a chance to catch up with Greek startup Workable, and we'll wrap it up with a look at Danish Spiri, who has just released a prototype of their carpooling vehicle. So let's jump right in with Israeli equity-based crowdfunding platform R-Crowd scoring a huge round of funding. Now, I'll admit I actually hadn't heard about them, which is going to seem ridiculous because the Jerusalem-based company has had some insanely good results. They've invested over $300 million into 100 companies in its portfolio. Two of the companies have been IPO'd. Seven have been acquired by companies like Oracle, Intel, and Viber. I mean, when I discovered all this, I just felt like it was insane. And they've only been around since 2013. They say that this will apparently be a transformative round for them. But I guess when is funding not transformative? Apparently, what they will be using the money for is to open seven new global offices. And they hope to have over $1 billion invested into companies by 2020. So that's pretty much huge goals. Um, And I took a look at some of the startups on their site. They cover tons of verticals, but also quite a few geographies. So you can invest in companies based in the US, Canada, Australia, Israel, India, Hong Kong, and the UK. Um, And I even discovered, for example, a startup based in the UK called Boro, and they have raised over $6 million on the site. Yes, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised you haven't yet heard about the company. Um, they're a pretty big name when it comes to equity crowdfunding, especially in Europe. Um, I had a chance to interview one of their executives in Bulgaria earlier this year, which was kind of eye-opening. To be fair, they've seemingly come out of nowhere, considering they're, they're only three years old. And I would have never predicted them to raise this kind of money at this point. Um, you know, They're only three years in, and they've already raised quite a bit of money for something that you know is still, still early days, the equity crowdfunding space in general. Uh, but in terms of track records, our crowd has definitely become uh, one of those startup investors uh, to watch. Uh, it also goes to show how crowdfunding is kind of changing the whole dynamics of investing, especially at the seed and early stages of tech companies. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do with the fresh capital uh, and also how much of an impact its upcoming expansion is going to have on the likes of Cedars, Crowdcube, My MyMicroInvest, and all of these other Europe-focused uh, equity crowdfunding sites. They've all raised capital to scale, but not to not the size of funding that the Israeli company has uh, raised. So, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll keep a close eye on the company and if and how it will change the the seed investment landscape in Europe, if at all. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think also they're not only just impressive from what they've done; they're impressive that they've done all of that in three years. So, definitely a startup that we have to keep our eye on. Now, it's definitely been a good week as well for acquisitions, especially in Spain, where two startups were acquired. So the first one was U.S.-based Twilio that acquired a Madrid-based company called WebRTC, apparently to enhance the use of video on the platform. So 
The terms of the deal were not disclosed, but apparently Twilio will be opening an office in Madrid where it will staff nine people. Twilio already has European offices in Dublin, London, Munich, and Tallinn. Uh, the second deal that took place in Spain was a really actually very cool one. It's Airbnb acquiring Barcelona-based peer-to-peer travel startup called Trip for Real. The platform uh, essentially lets you book activities with locals, which is very similar to actually other sites that we've seen in Europe, like TripXP in France, which closed, or Germany's Gidzi, which was acquired by Get Your Guide. So Trip for Real expanded quickly, and they currently have activity offers in over 70 cities. And the company founded just three years ago is now planning to expand into Latin America. Robin, I think actually you know Gloria Molins, the founder. So what do you think of all this? Yeah, I, I met her um, more than three years ago when I was living and working in Barcelona. When she just started the company, I think a month or two before. I'm super happy for her. Um, she's she's very much uh, an entrepreneur to look up to. She was working as an executive for some big companies abroad. Um, she'd been living in you know outside of Spain for nine years, I think. Uh, she came back to Barcelona specifically after the economic crisis to do her part, sort of in terms of recovery by starting her own company. She really felt very strongly that she had to do that. You know, she she did it with another female founder in a very saturated travel industry space, which is very tough to make a difference in. Uh, the odds were very much stacked against her, and she's at times struggled to convince others, including investors, to be fair, to see the value of what her team has been building. But I was always a believer in the concept of like, creating micro entrepreneurs by giving other people the chance to you know guide tourists around the city and then letting them make a little bit money. And, and you know, Crip for Real was kind of the the marketplace that made that possible for those people, which is a, a very good example of sharing economy and how we can change the dynamics of a, of a city. Now, obviously, Airbnb is unlikely to have paid a lot of money for trip for real It was a pretty small deal considering, but I'm very excited to see how far they can now take this venture that now that it has the backing of the Silicon Valley giants, uh, they're not closing down or anything. So they're going to continue expanding and building the service. And it's also great for Barcelona's startup ecosystem. So uh, on a side note, Gloria, uh, so the founder and CEO, uh, she's currently on maternity leave. Uh, she actually closed the deal with Airbnb in her last two months of pregnancy, she told me, uh, which is kind of amazing on its own. Uh, and she promised that we're going to learn more details about uh, the tie-up between the two companies uh, next month. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's really cool. We see Airbnb kind of expanding outside of just the kind of apartment and space sharing to to different services. Um, so yeah, and I think also just her story sounds incredible. So congratulations to her and her team. Um, but now Dutch food delivery startup Takeaway.com has priced its IPO and is seeking a valuation of over 1 billion euros. So the company is apparently planning to go public in Amsterdam this month. The final offer will be announced on September 29th, but the current price is set between 20 euros 50 and 26 euros 50 a share, which values the company between 760 and 974 million euros. And that makes it a post-IPO market cap of up to 1.1 billion, which is insane. Uh, the company is striving to raise 350 million euros in gross proceeds. Apparently, the company's founder and CEO intends to re- retain 95% of his shareholding. And according to Business Insider, it looks like it's not the only European company kind of going after the IPO market. Um, there's a handful of them at the moment, including Danish payments company AS, Spanish mobile company Telxias, German online pharmacy shop Apotec Europe. So I hope I said all of those correctly, <laughs> but it looks like we could be gearing up for quite a few IPOs. 
Yeah, the payments company from Denmark is actually called Nets, and I think they went public today at a four point five billion dollar valuation. So that's a that's a really interesting story as well. But Takeaway.com definitely also an interesting story, and it was bound to happen that we were going to see IPOs uh, in this fast growing European food ordering and delivery companies at some point. The Takeaway.com IPO will also provide sort of a benchmark for future ones. We're probably going to see Delivery Hero. HelloFresh, maybe even Deliveroo at some point going public. So, so this is kind of the first one taking the lead. So very happy to see that. I'm very curious to see uh, what they end up with as a valuation. Now, the founder and CEO is uh, Jitze Groen. So he's, a, he's an entrepreneur from the Netherlands. Uh, I know him a little bit. We've had some interesting conversations in the past. But what, what I find most striking about his story, and then that's you know relatively untold, is that he started this company more than 15 years ago when he was still a student. And he likes to joke that his starting capital was about 50 euros. Uh, and they, they grew relatively quietly since then. They raised some money from Dutch VCs. Uh, and I also talked to one coincidentally a few hours ago. And then they really made it to the spotlights when they scored $100 million in funding in a single round. And that was back in April 2014. So then everybody started paying attention and you know, leading up to this point where they're about to IPO. A really interesting business. Uh, they pretty much got it nailed down. Uh, I'm really curious how the IPO will go, whether we'll see the birth of a new European unicorn. So that'll depend on the valuation that they get. But if they get this valuation of more than 1 billion euros by public market investors, that's quite a you know an achievement. That's no longer a VC you know, putting a valuation stamp on a certain company that they invested in. This is really the public market deciding that this company is a unicorn. So, And then, of course, it will be interesting to see what they do as a publicly listed company. Are you still considered a unicorn if you go public? I don't know why. I was always under the impression you weren't. I don't know. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> All right, great. Well, that will also potentially give us one more unicorn in Europe. Now, Robin, you had a chance to catch up with Nikos Maritikis, founder and CEO of Greek HR software startup Workable. Hey, this is uh, Robin Waters. I'm here at the Sasta conference in Dublin. I'm here with probably one of the most promising SaaS companies out of Europe, um, Workable. I'm here with Nikos, the co-founder and CEO. How are you? Hi, Robin. I'm glad to see you here. What brings you here? Well, SaaS talk. You know, every SaaS founder in Europe. What's not to like? Yeah, for those who uh, weren't here, like uh, all of the big SaaS companies out of Europe are very well represented here. But the fact that you're here is also quite special because you moved to the U.S. So for you, it's kind of... You know, you had to make the trip specifically to come here, right? Yeah, but it's a lot of fun to come back. I mean, I saw a lot of people that I've known, you know, startups that grew together with us at the same time. And, you know, so a lot of old friends. Right. So tell us about Workable. What, what do you do? What's the company? Uh, so Workable does recruiting software for small and medium enterprises. We solve everything around recruiting from the moment you have a you know, job description in hand to the moment you have an offer letter. It's been around for three years. It's been grown enormously, has 6,000 customers all over the world, the majority of them in the United States, but, you know, about 30-35% of our customers are uh, in Europe. And where was the company founded? The company was founded in Greece, remarkably. It's not a very usual place <laughs> for a company like that. And still, most of our employees are in Greece, all of our engineering. This is where we build the product. But we have a large, large office in, uh, in the United States, about 25 people in Boston, where most of our customers are, where we do most of our marketing. I've moved there two years ago. Would you say it would have been impossible to build Workable um, completely out of Europe without opening up an office in the US? Or was it really necessary? To be absolutely honest, I think it's totally possible to build something completely out of Europe. 
but there's a lot of things that you can do easier and better in the United States, so why not? But yeah, I think it's good to set up shop in the United States. I think sometimes we overestimate how important it is. That's a very clear answer. Um, what, had, did it also have something to do with the fact that you raised money from U.S. investors or are your investors uh, based in Europe? Actually, most of the money we raised are from Europe. We have raised uh, $34 million so far, and the majority was from European investors. Great. Which ones? Uh, Boldeton, Notion, and uh, 83 North. 83 North was our first investor, and Boulder and Notion participated in the last round. Great. Um, obviously, HR and recruiting software is something that you're not the only company in this space. SMEs are notoriously difficult um, target audience to reach because there are so many of them with specific needs. Um, they're very hard to market to. So how do you solve that problem? Well, it's a terribly difficult market. Any SMB play is very difficult. We have an extremely self-service and very smooth product that people can buy on their own. 85% of our customers have never spoken to us. Uh, this means we, together with very good acquisition, online acquisition, content marketing, and you know, very effective acquisition strategies, we can get, you know, loads and loads of customers with very little cost on our end. Uh, so we can afford to be cheap, which is very important for, for small companies. The typical company you know, pays less than $2,000 a year uh, to work with, but they're still very profitable customers for us. Uh, where do you want to see the company in, let's say, two years? I don't know. How big do you want it to be in terms of staff, in terms of customers, in terms of revenue? What would be your ideal scenario? Look, I think in the space that we are, um, which is something that every company in the world does, when where 70% of the hiring happens from small companies, it's perfectly doable to build a company with more than $100 million revenue per year. And I think this is something that we could do in the next three or four years. That's what we're gunning for right now. What goes after that? I don't know. You know I'm not planning that far ahead. <laughs> cool. Um, do you still keep track of the Greek startup scene? It's small, but it's evolving. There's quite a few great companies out there. Uh, companies like Taxibeat or Forky, um, you know, or Polface are doing, you know, very good work over the past few years and, you know, fantastic products and a lot of traction. And there's quite a few funds that have emerged over the past few years and doing seed investments. You know, it's a, it's a small market, but I think we are going to see a few great companies over the next few years coming out of Greece. Great. Well, Nikos, thank you very much for your time and best of luck with Workable. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And finally, Danish company Spiri has just unveiled a prototype of its first carpooling vehicle, which will launch in 2017. The car itself is a 450 kilogram, that's without the battery, electric vehicle designed for city transport. Uh, it has a light carbon fiber body that can go up to 320 kilometers and carry four people. Uh, the car is apparently been stripped down to the bare necessities needed to increase efficiency, range, and safety. Apparently, it's twice as efficient as the Tesla's S model. The company's vision is that drivers will pick up passengers around the city at kind of what looks like virtual bus stops uh, for a fare that's similar to a public transit fee. So it's kind of almost like a hybrid between private and public transportation. They are planning to launch the product and the service in 2017 in Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Germany, and the UK. Yep, and another interesting venture. Otherwise, you would be highlighting it on the podcast, of course. But I've been saying this for ages, that we underestimate how big and innovative the connected car industry in Europe really is. Um, other people have pointed this out uh, as well, so it's not just me, but just the amount of companies working on the, all the different elements in, the, in the, the whole car and transportation industry is nothing to be 
you know, no, nothing to underestimate. I think Europe is really good at, at it. And we'll, we'll see more companies like this launching and then getting acquired, if only for the technology in the future. Um, now, Spiri specifically has been flying uh, relatively under the radar, but I'll, I'll be keeping a good eye on them next year. As you said, they plan to roll out across Scandinavia and a couple of uh, really big European markets. So that's really ambitious. It's good to see. Um, at the same time, I feel like this is the kind of company that requires massive backing in terms of capital. I'm not sure having raised a couple of millions of users, which I, you know, which is reportedly what they what they've secured so far, and I wonder if that's enough to make a real impact in this space. You know, considering that there are huge companies working on electric vehicles and driverless cars, etc. So, um, aside from the great specifications of the prototype car that they presented and the interesting vision for carpooling, as well as the business model that comes with it, um, I think the jury is still very much uh, still out on this one. So, but I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, and I definitely want to take a ride in it one day. Yeah, me too. All right, so that uh, that's a wrap. It's greetings from Dublin. Thank you so much for joining me again, Roxanne. Um, you can follow us uh, on Twitter. We're at Roxanne Barza. We're at Robin Waters, and we're at Tech underscore EU. Uh, we hope you're subscribed to the podcast, and we hope you keep listening next week. See you. Bye, Roxanne. Bye, Robin. Bye.